0: Hi, this is David Spray of the IC Disc Show. I just finished a great interview with Charlie Rowe, uh, who uh, is a former client of ours who sold a scrapyard uh, four years ago, and he has a really interesting perspective uh, about uh, having an IC disc and doing business with us. And the reason his perspective is so interesting is because he sold the business several years ago. His willingness to be completely transparent in candid about all the details of the disc uh his relationship with us the terms of our agreement and the various aspects of the disc calculation uh are are just very insightful and forthright Uh, an insight that i believe most of our current clients who are operating a company with an ic disc would be much less reluctant to talk about so frankly uh we talked about uh his history in the scrap business, the story of his business, his transition, and all of his lessons he's learned on the IC disk. He also would be willing to uh, field calls from folks considering uh, using us for an existing IC disk or for people uh, who are considering an IC disk for the first time. Anyway, uh, Charlie's also a, a retired Marine and really, a uh, just a, a wonderful guy. I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I did. Good afternoon, Charlie. Uh, hey, David. So, how are things in North Carolina? I uh, think
1: very nice. Uh, can't complain.
0: Excellent. Well, let's get started. So today, yeah. my guest on the IC Disc show is Charlie Rowe from North Carolina. Uh, Charlie has a unique story, and I'm really excited to have him on here. Well, I guess his story isn't that unique, but his uh, current situation is really unique in terms of our clients. And the reason it's unique is because Charlie sold a scrap metal operation uh, several years ago. And because he's no longer in the business, no longer concerned about uh, competition from other scrap folks, his willingness to be more uh, transparent about some of his business lesson, lessons and some of his dealings uh, is a lot greater than a typical client of ours who's uh, currently involved in the business. Um, is that, is that about accurate, Charlie?
1: Uh, y- yes, definitely, it's very accurate.
0: Okay, so, um <laughs> Well, let's let's uh, kind of start at the beginning. Um, I I actually, even though I've known you for nearly a decade, I don't really know kind of your your background. Are you from North Carolina originally? Kind of take me from when you were born up sure. to uh, how you got into the scrap business.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a I'm a native of North Carolina, born and raised here. Um, went to school here in state um, on a uh, ROTC scholarship, and so from college. Uh, went directly in the Marine Corps. Uh, and I've, I've told people that, you know, when I was in college, I, I didn't know what the crab industry was. Uh, you know, I had, had my plans to go to the Marine Corps. Uh, so, we went straight in the Marine Corps from college. Spent four years in the Marine Corps. Loved it, uh, but never really planned to make it a career. Um, so, I, I got out of the Marine Corps and went into manufacturing operations. It just very, it fit with my background. I'd been operations in the Marine Corps and that kind of thing. So, I really enjoyed my time, but I spent eight years in manufacturing operations, the last two of which uh, took a job as a conservation and recycling manager. So I was uh, responsible for um, helping the company, the manufacturing company, uh, conserve energy uh, in in various ways, and also uh, took over responsibilities for selling the scrap. Uh, It was doing that that I met my business partner, a guy named Chris DelZell, that um, Chris was a buyer for midsize yard and, and he was looking to leave and and I was actually starting to look to leave the manufacturing sector and wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And so he and I got together and, and started a company. So that's how, that's how Gateway Recovery got started. And that was, uh, back in 2000, but wow, yeah, and, so, okay. and yep. And so, yeah, so I've been running that company with Chris, um, for, I guess it was almost 11 years before. Uh, We met, um, I think the first time I ran into you was at an injury uh, convention. Uh, That was probably 2011
0: or so. Yep, I believe it was 2011. And so so did you buy Chris out at some point or was he just uh, a silent partner? uh,
1: No, Chris and I were 50-50. Chris is older than me and his desire to retire uh, came sooner than mine. So, yeah, so Chris, I bought him out in actually late 2010 so right before you and i met uh chris and i had i had bought out his half and and he retired and and so that's
0: i was running the company by myself by the time you and i met okay well thank you for that background and i believe you've also been married a few years and have a couple kids Uh, is that right
1: indeed yep so uh and my wife wouldn't marry me until i she was positive i was getting out of the marine corps so yeah so i got married (laughs) and. in May of 92, uh, right, at, right after I got out of the Marine Corps. And, uh, we have two kids, uh, they, uh, born in 95 and 97. And, uh, so they're now out of college and one's in grad school, uh, one's out in the working world, but, uh, very, very proud of my kids, but
0: yeah. Well, that's, that's excellent. Well, let's get in to the, uh, to the, oh, by the way, first off, Thank you for your service to our country. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. So uh, although I've never had the opportunity to serve, I have uh, a number of relatives, cousins and uncles and grandfathers that have. So I always appreciate uh, the the service. And once a Marine, always a Marine, right? So I'm not going to (laughs) call you a former Marine, am I? (laughs) Absolutely. So uh, you're right. I think we met in 2011 at the Isri conference. And, uh, we actually, uh, that was an interesting year. It was the only year we ever set up a booth there. And, uh, so we had a booth and I remember you stopped by mm-hmm. cause we were giving away an iPad. We had a drawing for an mm-hmm. iPad and, uh, which, uh, con- uh, conveniently, I believe you were the winner of.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was. And I think I had forgotten. I think you had like a fishbowl or something, throw your business card in yep. for an opportunity with an iPad. And i I had no recollection of having done that and then uh, got a call like, you know, a few weeks after the convention and I was told I won an iPad. I'm thinking, okay, who's trying to pull whatever, you know, I'm thinking what kind of scam is this? But no,
0: (laughs) yes, I did win that iPad still had it. (laughs) That is, that is awesome. So, so let's talk about, so the you'd never even heard of the IC disc before 2011. Do you remember what your initial response was? I mean, hi skepticism uh reservation too good to be true that the last
1: of- one would be the exactly the words i've used with people it, it 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 just sounded too good to be true i'm kind of like you know what well, this doesn't sound i was a little worried about you know what is this sounds too good to be true um but i guess you know we continue the conversation um probably not as much in 2011 uh, i think our conversations you know, I just got kind of introduced to it in 2011. I think we started talking more seriously when I saw you the next year at the convention. Um, I think you're right. But it you're right. But it actually took me, um, regrettably, it took me a, a few years. I think it's, uh, we didn't get my first disc until 2014. So um, to this day, I'm not sure exactly why I was dragging my feet. I guess it was just, you know, I wasn't 100% sure it was going to benefit me, uh, which uh, in hindsight was, was a mistake. I should
0: have jumped in a whole lot sooner.
1: Could have bought more than an iPad. Um, <laughs> every year.
0: Well, you know, um, you have something in common with every single client of ours. Uh, and that's two two regrets they have. They, uh, they regret that, that that beautiful oak tree that they planted 10 years ago, that they wish they'd planted 20 years ago, and, uh, <laughs> and that they wish they'd started the IC disc sooner. So, the disc has been around since 1971, so we have uh, scrap. So uh, we have scrap clients that have been in business since 1971 that mm-hmm. uh, also drug their feet. So the point is, you're in you're in good company. But uh, for anyone <laughs> listening to this who's considering an IC disc, uh, the the takeaway right is that uh, whenever you start an IC disc, you wish you would have started it sooner. I think right. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. So what, what do you, do you recall how you kind of got past, uh, you know, this sounds too good to be true to having some comfort with it? Did you uh, do some research or talk to your CPA or how did that process work?
1: Uh, yeah, when I, mean, when I first brought my CPA, um, great guy. He's, he's a very talented CPA, uh, still use him to this day, but he had not had any exposure to it. I and mean, he, he covers a wide range of businesses. Uh, as, you know, there's a whole lot more CPAs in the world than our scrapyards. So I can't imagine there's very many that specialize in scrapyards. So, you know, I, I wouldn't think, you know, my CPA certainly had not heard of an IC disk, and I wouldn't think most would, I, I guess.
0: Um, yep, that's, but yeah, it, so that's, that's accurate. It's rare that we find a client whose CPA uh, really has any familiarity with it. For the very reasons you mentioned, they they might be the only client who's a, who's a fit for it. Yeah.
1: And so, you know, so he didn't really have any input there. Um, I mean, he did some research into it. I, I, actually, I think his research was really once I told him I was going to do it. Uh, he didn't okay. really even recommend me to head in that direction. It was once I decided I was going to do it that he really got more up to speed on it. Um, and I the, and I went with the option early on. Uh, you had a pricing option for me that basically – Um, if I didn't make any savings off the IC disc, it was going to cost me nothing. So, um, that was the direction I decided to go the first year. I mean, I always consider myself a a smaller company had 15 employees those 15 employees. Um, two of them worked in the office with me. So really myself and two others, uh, would be the, the, the only office staff that would be able to provide any kind of information. So I wasn't, you know, we had plenty to do. It wasn't you know, super hot to try to put more on our plate. Um, but with that option you gave me of, you know, if you save me some money, um, then, you know, I, I thought that was a good option to go with. So that's why I, that, that really kind of pushed me over the edge to get, to get started was uh, I chose your option that of uh, uh, you sharing the savings with me.
0: Yeah. yeah. And you know what? To, to your credit, I think in 2011 we didn't have that option. So, uh, so oh. perhaps the the fault was mine for having not uh, gotten my act together sooner and had that uh, and, and 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 had that option available. Um, and hey, by the way, I didn't realize how few employees you had um, because I can tell you based on your revenues, like revenues mm-hmm. versus the number of employees or you know revenues per employee. I've got mm-hmm. to say you probably have one of the or had one of the highest revenues per employee of any scrapyard client of ours. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to uh-huh. mention your revenues, but, uh, so anyway, so kudos to you, because you're obviously doing something right to, uh, to have had such few employees. I'd say our scrap clients your size typically have more like 30 to 40 employees.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I guess it's, yeah. So, I mean, we certainly had a small staff in the office, which, you know, like I said, I wasn't uh, thrilled with the idea of putting more work on anybody. And I actually kind of knew, uh, most of this would fall on me as it did, but in you know in hindsight, and as it turned out, uh, it was not uh, a difficult burden to bear. It, you know the amount of time I had to spend on it just uh, pales in comparison to to what it did for us.
0: yeah, well, no, that's that's great. So um, I would actually like to just kind of delve a little bit into the to the fee options that that we had then when you came on board and, and that we have now. Because I think it's relevant for companies who are considering uh, becoming a client of ours. And so, if you'll, normally I like to let my guests do most of the talking, but if you'll indulge me to just give a little recap on kind of the fee structure, and then it will, uh, uh, it'll make more sense. So, Mm -hmm. the traditional IC disk model is a model by which you pay a one time setup charge to set up the disk, legal fees, and stuff. And that's about, $7,500 seventy five hundred to ten thousand dollars that's a one-time fee, and then you are able to get the benefit from that date forward and then there's typically just a uh, and then the ongoing fee would just be a, a fixed fee or some uh, you know percentage of the savings calculation. And uh, what we noticed was that so here's the challenge on January one of say 2020. Uh, you have to commit the 7500 to $10,000 plus commit to spending the fees for us to do the work for 2020. But you have no idea if it's going to be worth it because you don't know on January 1 what your export sales are going to be. You don't know what your profits mm-hmm. are going to be. And my guess is that was probably part of the reason you didn't move forward was it just wasn't a compelling enough story for you. Uh, because it wasn't like you were doing so much exports that it was just, you know, a no brainer. And we saw that with many companies. And so what would happen is we'd talk to them January 1st. They'd say, you know, I don't know, you know, the, the markets, you know, the dollar's strong, you know, China's not buying, Mexico's not buying. And they were understandably nervous. We'd get to the end of the year, we'd chat with them and they'd say, well, hey, out of curiosity, what would we have saved? And we'd do the math. We'd say, yeah, you would have saved one hundred and ten thousand dollars last year, and they're like, ah, I can't believe we passed up on that. Well, let's do it for you know this upcoming year. Like, remind me again how it works. And I'm like, you know, ten thousand dollars setup fee plus you know the ongoing cost. And it was Mm -hmm. funny because it was always the same story on January one. Ah, well, last year was a (laughs) great year, but this year, boy, you know, (laughs) business is looking tough. Who knows if it's going to happen? So I literally had clients who. Like five years in a row, I would talk to them about the disc at the start of the year. They would say, no, you know, I don't know. I don't know. And so from that, I I started trying to come up with ideas to make the disc more financially compelling. And so one of the things I did is I figured out a way to basically reduce all the risk where, in essence, I would set up the disc for them uh you know, on January 1st, I would absorb that $10,000 setup cost. And then uh without getting into all the gory details, it would basically, that client could lock in the option to use that disk. So then we'd get to the end of the year, they'd take a look at it, and we'd run the numbers, and they decide if they'd want to use it or not. And that was uh, effectively the program uh that we were on. And then you were just paying us a percentage of The IC disc commission amount. And, um, and I believe that we actually considered or had several discussions about transitioning to, uh, you know, to just a fixed fee model where you would just pay us, you know, a fixed amount. And, uh, and in the really good years, I think that would mean you'd, you'd pay us less. But the tough part was though, in the bad years where you didn't make money, where cash was tight, you know, now you're having to write us a check uh, for something that you're not even using. And, uh, so, so why don't you jump in? So walk, walk us through what your kind of cost benefit analysis was and why you chose to stay with that. Uh, you know, in essence that, that, uh, you know, sharing, uh, the, the tax savings approach. Uh, yeah. So I just,
1: um, there we go. Um, has a call coming on my line. Um, yeah, so I definitely was happy with the, with, because w- what you presented to me was that, that, uh, cost sharing model. Um, I mean, I kind of looked at, did I want to pay you a flat fee per hour or a flat fee or whatever to, to work on it? Wasn't sure, you know, if I was going to get the benefit. So I certainly, um, to get me to jump in the first time, uh, the, the no risk model of, you know, hey, if you don't save any money, it doesn't cost you anything certainly pushed me over the edge to get involved. Um, And then staying with it was really a factor of um, had enough things on my plate as a small company, small staff, that I really just – it was pretty painless every year uh, for us to extract the data that you needed, uh, dump it in the spreadsheet, send it to you, and you guys did all the crunching and all the handling from there. So. that's definitely why I stayed with that model um, didn't have to worry about where my export markets were going for the coming year wasn't really focused on any of that was just focused on trying to run the business and uh and this was just a great benefit so that that's that's kind of how I stayed with that model um, that was my thought process
0: well that yeah that makes sense, and that's uh that's consistent with what I've heard from other. Uh, from other clients of ours and, and just by the way, we're, we never mind if a client wants to shift to a a fixed fee model because quite frankly, when, when the, when there's a really bad downturn, uh, in the markets and the clients aren't using the disk, we, uh, you know, we don't mind that, that that we've still got some revenue coming in, even though the clients aren't using the disk. So from our perspective, uh, we're, we're sort of neutral because there's pros and cons to, um, to both just like their pros and mm-hmm. cons to both for you their pros and cons uh from from our end as well um well, well good well thank you for sharing the, your your thought process on that and then so the next thing i wanted to talk to you about was you may recall that we had uh two calculation methodologies we could do for that disk there was the the standard calculation and then there mm-hmm. was the more advanced calculation and if my record if my memory serves me correctly that on average, that advanced calculation benefit was about three times what the standard calculation benefit was. Does that sound right to you?
1: Uh, yeah, based on the numbers that I'm looking at from the years we use the DISC, um, yes, that's just shy of three times uh, higher for the
0: advanced. Yeah, and that's actually real typical of our um, <clears throat> of what we see with our clients. And And you may not recall this, but that first year uh, when it was, you know, time for us to do the work, I said to you, so Charlie, there's an easy way to do the calculation and a hard way. Which way do you want to do it? And you said, well, probably the easy way, but why would I want to do it the hard way? And, and my reply was, well, mm-hmm. on average, the, the hard calculation, uh, triples the benefit and, and that got your attention. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so we went through and you said, well, what do I have to give you to do? The, the easy calculation. I said, all you have to give us is a copy of your draft corporate tax return when it's ready and then tell us the total amount of exports you had for the year. And uh, mm-hmm. and that's it. That's all you have to do. And from there, we do a grouped calculation where we'll we group all the calculations. And that one would have, that process would have taken you uh, very little time. But mm-hmm. the advanced calculation, to do that, we need uh, way more detailed information and uh so i guess talk to me about that was that you know for that 3x increase was it worth the extra uh, time that it that it took you
1: um absolutely and for my company specifically we were using uh rom which is a software program called recycling operations manager Uh, 21st century programming um is the company that that um sells and maintains that that system. So we, I had bought that system from uh, 21st century programming uh, before, you know, a few years before I got involved with you. And, and so, and I, I was paying my buyers um, on a uh, commission system based on profit, not pounds or anything. Else. So it was always based on profit. So we, we were always asking um, 21st century for uh, the kind of information that you wind up asking me for. So, we had already done some of the groundwork uh, with them to to have some of that data. But even if I hadn't had ROM, uh, based on the you know the savings we got, you know, it wouldn't have been quite as easy. But I certainly could have done it and and would have done it um, without ROM because of the savings. Um, you know, it just absolutely you know worth the time to, to get the data to. And you know, really, data was just about providing you with um, the cost of of as every load went out, we had to tell you, you know, every export load. Here's the the cost for this load, and here's what we sold the load for. So there's a gross profit number for that specific load, and and we were able to do it with ROM. And I would have found a way to do it if I didn't have ROM. I, you know, it, it's it's doable, um, and I certainly would have would have put the time in to to get it.
0: Uh, yeah, I can understand that. And, and you're actually another thing that makes your business unique in the scrap business is the fact that you had that costing data for each transaction. I would say most of our clients in the scrap metal business, they've got good sales data. You know, They know the commodity they sold. They know their, the poundage. They know the price. They know who their customer was. They know if it was exported or not. But what they oftentimes don't know what the cost is. And and as I understand mm-hmm. it, that's because of conversion, right? I mean, they, they buy a mixed load of something yeah. like over the scale that they're selling number two copper and they didn't show a purchase of number two copper. They showed a purchase of, you know, a mixed load or they maybe have a shredder and they, they purchased a car body but they ended up selling some copper and steel and and uh, and mm-hmm. other things. And that is actually the biggest challenge that um, that folks in the scrap metal business have with doing the advanced calculation. Uh, now, the good news is we have a sophisticated enough data and analytics and manipulation uh, team here that we usually can go ahead and create that costing structure for them. And um, that if they can get us all that sales detail, we can do the Kind of figure out the costing based on their purchases logs and such, um, but I do know that, uh, that that through the years as we've had com- uh, clients that have run into that challenge, uh, some of them have have reached out to their software provider to uh, you know to, to see if they could help them with a with a report. So, uh, but, but that's really uh, uh, that's music to my ears because I always tell our clients that just because you can't push a button and get it. Uh, it may still be worth some manual effort because of the uh, of, of the tax savings. Yeah, I'd absolutely agree with that. So, um, uh, okay, so you're cranking along. Uh, you bought the business 20 years ago. Ten years ago, you bought out your partner. And mm-hmm. then at some point, you decided you wanted to uh, do something different. Uh, so yeah. h- talk us through kind of uh, how that came to be that you sold uh, the company.
1: Yeah, so in, in 2016, just for where I was in life and, and what I'm wanting to pursue and, and, uh, just the, you know, as anybody in the industry would know it, you know, as I was looking at the future in 2016, I wasn't sure which direction I need to be taking my particular company in. Um, I always had more of a emphasis on the operations and the finance side of the business. So I was, really more interested in what was going on inside my plant and running my books than i was and really trying to look at the you know overall market and which directions we need to be going so um just given all those factors i decided it was um time for me to to let someone else run it so yeah so i started looking for a buyer in 2016 and was fortunate enough to find one who we actually got the deal closed right as 2016 was ending so yeah at the end of 20 at the end of 2016 i i sold the business Uh, Continued to work in 2017, Uh, and then by 2018, uh, the new owner was well on his feet, and uh, it's his company now, and he's going forward. And uh, yeah, it's been been a good transition.
0: Now, did you uh, did you engage like a a third party, like an investment banker, to help you uh, find a buyer, or did you just kind of run that process sort of informally yourself? No, no, I I, I definitely
1: engaged. Basically, uh, worked with a guy, um, a lot of people in the industry would know him, uh, Tim Neen. Uh, he's been in the industry forever. Um, he was the first person that I engaged to, to help me with selling the business. Um, highly recommend him. He did a great job as far as, as <coughs> helping me evaluate the business, helping evaluate if it's, you know, got a good market for it. Um, he brought in a business broker who was more, uh, you know, to handle the, Actual transaction. And so Tim worked as my consultant. He brought in the broker. Uh, The broker helped us list it. And then uh, it just worked out great that that the right guy found it and um, it fit perfectly for his life plans. Uh, So it, it, you know, worked great. So he was able to uh, take over the business. He's been very happy running the business. Um, So yeah, so it's, it's, you know, it's a don't always get them, but I felt like this was a win win because. Uh, he's continuing to run it. It's doing well, and uh, I was happy to to hand the reins over to him. And, and I, as I tell people now, I'm happily unemployed for now.
0: That is uh, that is great. And uh, and if my recollection serves me, it, it you were also that pricing structure you had with our program served you well as you transitioned out because I think uh, as you were uh, sort of closing down things. You had some export transactions, I believe, in 17, and then a very small amount in 18, if my recollection yeah. serves me correctly.
1: Yeah, it, it was interesting as we worked on the sale of the company. You know, one of the things that the the new buyer didn't want to pay me for all the inventory up front, so we basically worked out a deal where um, a certain amount of the inventory um, I got to still own, but was in his warehouse. And as he sold it, uh, I was the one who would get credit for the sale. Um, so I actually, and even though I was not the business owner in 2017, um, I was still selling scrap under my name, uh, a different company name. And so I was able to continue to use the IC desk even in 2017 when my sales were, you know, a, a fraction of what they had been the previous years. But still, there were some some sales going out. They were going export. And so we even uh, even got some benefit from it in 2017. So, but that was just part of the um, how we structured the the uh, purchase for
0: the new buyer. Well, and you didn't, I think, even fully also realize the the final benefit of the disc uh, of the price of the fee structure we had. But uh, when it was all said said and done, and it was time to shut the disc down at the state and, uh, at the federal level, uh, you didn't get the bill from the, the law firm that had to do all the work to shut it down. Uh, that bill went to me. So, uh, that was another reason that, that model worked out well for you, which by the way, yeah, I'm not, absolutely. I'm not complaining at all, but, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, just another example of, uh, you truly, it was a, it was a no money down uh, deal for you from, uh, from, from start to finish so uh do you have uh any uh other uh new business venture you know uh ideas on the horizon or things you're thinking about <laughs> uh,
1: no not at this point uh, I'm very happy uh, uh right now uh, i've actually had to learn how to start saying no because my first year or so after selling the business i I said yes to every single nonprofit that needed my time and I've discovered i, I can't uh, i can't do that so i 've had to learn how to say no but um, between uh, nonprofits, I get to help, and uh, uh, just pursuing my own hobbies and stuff. And my wife and I, uh, once once we finally sold the business, um, we built we we built a lake house. We've had the property for many years, so we were able to to go ahead and build that lake house. we have been wanting to build, so that's consumed a large amount of our time. So yes, yeah, so I've been um, so far. I haven't had two months the same yet. Uh, if I have yeah. if I have a couple months, several months in a row that seem to be the same, then maybe I'll start, uh, looking to see if there needs to be something different. But, uh, right now I'm very happy to, to be able to just kind of use my time as I, I so choose and, and, uh, help nonprofits, help my family. And, uh, it's, it's been great. That is,
0: that is awesome. Well, um, so I'm, uh, I'm curious if I could ask a, a favor of you, uh, if, uh, so if if anyone listening to this podcast is in the scrap metal business and is either considering a disc or has a disc, but is just doing the standard calculation, uh, would you be uh, um, amenable to a phone call just to kind of uh, learning more about your experience? I, I Before you answer, I promise you are, we don't have millions of listeners, <laughs> so you're not going to get hundreds of calls. I, I would suspect if you get any calls, it's probably going to be less than less than 10. Would, yeah, would that be yeah. okay? No,
1: I, I'd, yeah, I'd be glad to talk about it. I'd just be glad to, to share what I learned and, and, and how my experience went. So, yeah, I'd be glad to see us.
0: So, would the easiest way just be for them to shoot you an email?
1: Uh, certainly.
0: That's, yeah, and what that is your be, email?
1: So, the one is be row 944 at gmail. So, it's just C-H-A-R-L-I-E-R-O-W-E and then numerals 944
0: at gmail.com. That's great. I, I appreciate your willingness to, to talk to him. Cause like I said, in the intro, um, our clients are, uh, you know, tend to be, um, concerned about confidentiality. They're in a competitive market space. They don't necessarily right. want their, you know, want their competitors down the street to know what they're up to. So, uh, it's, uh, uh, you know, it's not every day a client in the scrap business sells their business so it's not every day that we have the opportunity uh for someone to tell their story really from start to finish like you have from starting the business to the sell and um mm-hmm. or, or the sale and how the IC disk has uh has factored into it yeah
1: but it is a little bit of a unique situation and and i agree with you that um, i certainly would not have been as willing to discuss these items when I was running the business. And, yeah, I, 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 I certainly would agree with that assessment. Um, that, that is the nature of the business.
0: Sure, sure. Well, Charlie, I really appreciate your 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 time. The only uh, uh, the only sad thing is I don't I don't see you a few times a year like I used to. So, uh, <laughs> but the
1: next time do, you do miss that, a- I, miss- yeah. I miss a lot of people from the industry.
0: Yeah, but uh, the next time you're in the Houston area or Breckenridge, Colorado, uh, let me know. I split my time between those two places and uh, would love to see you. Awesome. Well, thank you, David. I do appreciate it. Thanks again, Charlie, for being a guest on the IC Disc Show. Really appreciate it, and uh, best of luck to you in the future. Thank you very much. Glad to do it. There we have it, another great episode. Thanks for listening in. If you want to continue the conversation, go to icdiscshow.com, that's ic-discshow.com, and we have additional information on the podcast, archived episodes, as well as a button to be a guest. So if you'd like to be a guest, go select that and fill out the information, and we'd love to have you on the show. So that's it. We'll be back next time with another episode of the IC Disc Show.